Oh yeah. Delicious. Money buddies. Delicious. <laughs> We're an ASMR podcast, right? No, no, but no. We're not? Hey guys, how's it going? It's been two weeks and we live somewhere else now. Wow. Yeah, over the course of the past two weeks, we have both moved our entire lives to a, a brand new place and a brand new state, and it's been, it's been hell, but you know, we're here now, and we're excited, and we're happy to be here, and we're happy to bring some more content to you with a lovely new room that is so much smaller than the last one, you probably won't even hear an echo. Echo. I'm I'm excited to get back into things because I just feel like we've been in a bit of a creative rut, but we're gonna just shove on past it, scoot on past it. We're we're ready to dip and dive out of the way of all this uh this this I've lost my train of thought at this point. You wanna just talk about stuff and things? Yeah. So I really couldn't think of anything to talk about today. Because I've been so focused on moving, you know, I, I thought to myself, why don't I just talk about moving? It's something we all got to do, something we could all relate to. Um, uh, I don't know how much I want to share of my own personal experience other than the fact that I got trampled by every single piece of furniture that I own on the way up the staircase to get to our place. Ooh, and we also like threw a couch up a flight of stairs. That was pretty crazy. Interesting. I did not have anything that exciting happen with moving. Well, I we had way too much big furniture and too many stairs. I mean, you you've seen how narrow those stairs are up there. I mean, we we got this up there. True, true. It was a much smaller staircase than what we had to deal with. But you know, we're we're here now. It looks great. Um, I was a uh, was honestly I was kind of interested in looking up some stories from other people and seeing, uh, just, uh, seeing if I could, you know, do that thing that we humans do and, uh, you know, pull some, some, uh, some nice, uh, what's the word? Schadenfreude? Yeah. Out of the experience. Uh, so I've actually got a couple of them pulled up here. We'll just hop right into it. It's just, uh, just ask Reddit. Oh, okay. I got a little Reddit, little, little Reddit pulled up here. Just a little, little bitty Reddit. Well, the the question uh, in the initial post is, what's your moving horror story? Uh, from uh, from Hulk Hogan three hundred four, uh, had to drive for two. Wait, it's Hulk Hogan. Should I do the? Yeah. Ooh, I had to drive two straight days on the road just to live where I moved for a month and come straight home because it was truly awful, brother. Also. There are frogs all over the bathroom, as well as huge spiders all over the house. Wait, that was Macho Man. Eh, uh, close enough. Close enough. <laughs> uh, I mean, is there really a huge difference between Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage? I wouldn't... Uh, well, one of them is alive. Rest in peace, Macho Man. Too young. Or sweet, sweet Macho Man. Gone but never forgotten. Never forgotten. I mean, Hulky and the and the and the Macho Man used to hate each other. So like, I I wouldn't let Hulk hear that. That you uh, 
You make a fair point with that. Oh, they they were like the each other's rivals for a while. But aren't rivals just two flip sides in the same case idea? Of course. I mean I mean a lot of rivals are people that you know, are going for a similar thing and kind of feel like the other one's taking up their space. You know, like, this town ain't big enough for the two of us sort of thing. Right, but also, like, who came up with that? Because the town's big enough for not only the two of you, but everybody else that lives there, goddammit. But the personality, man, that just takes up, like, a whole town's worth of space. And, and maybe you, know, you need to move towns, big personality, bub. Yeah, maybe move, uh, maybe move to, uh, the big personality town where they keep all their guns. <laughs> what other uh, Reddit moving horror stories we got here? Uh, from... It's Anari. It's Anari. We were packing up and moving a few states south, and then the moving truck left the day before us with non-essential items, furniture, extra clothes. We got to head out and realize, um... What? Yeah, we got to head out and then realize, um... Where's our cat? Called the movers. They said they'd keep an eye out for him. They found him hiding in a hole in the couch, terrified out of his mind. Got him some food and water, but he refused to get out of his hiding spot. Made, made it to our new place safe and sound, at least. But man, he's terrified of cars now. Used to love him. Now sings a song of woe if he so much sees the inside of one. Oh, God. Lord. Wouldn't you love to move, move two states away inside of a furniture? Inside of a furniture? Oh, wait, go down. We've got a uh, user Purple Incarnate. I moved from Texas to Ohio on Greyhound buses. A trunk full of clothes, a cajon, which is a water box drum, full of work clothes, a big-ass two-layer coat with pockets stuffed full of underwear and a robe between the two coat layers that I wore for a two-and-a-half-day journey. My cat and all of my books are still in Texas. That is a mood. That is a Jeez. mood right there. Holy shit. He said, uh, I'm literally only going to take clothes. From Blue Asylum, all of the rooms in the house have white shag carpet. Oof, you hate to Period, see it. Period. End of story. Hate to see it. You really do. <laughs> Concise, that one. Let's, uh, let's look for, for some other some other stories here. Moving house stories. I'm moving house in a few weeks. From Dr. Acula, are you moving your entire house or just the contents? Well, you can move your whole house if you have a mobile home. Well, either way, Dr. Acula, you can go fuck yourself. Um, my baby grand piano when I moved out of my pad in Notting Hill. They make a jib that hangs at the top of the roof to several block and tackle arrangements and basically... Take your window out and several courses of brick. They attach two slings to the piano, swing it out through the hole, and lower it down. Then your piano goes into storage and they survey the new property to find a way of getting it in. That's the theory anyways. Oh god, there's more. It had been raining the night before and the jib slipped. The piano upended, fell forward in the sling, breaking the block and slicing the rope in two. I watched as my irreplaceable antique baby grand fell four stories and exploded on the street below. Can I take the next paragraph? Yeah. Not a good look. They do close off that part of the street, though, and there are a bunch of safety protocols in place, so nobody was ever in danger, but still. It was insured, but that wasn't the point, really. The one good thing is, this whole affair is that the piano wouldn't have fit in my new pad anyway. After I had a survey done for a new baby grand, so I guess I got the full market price value for it. 
But yeah, not really a good day, really. <laughs> yeah, I will say that. I cannot imagine watching your antique and irreplaceable baby grand piano smash to bits on the sidewalk like you live in a Tom and Jerry cartoon. What I think sounds even crazier is this idea that the man's was going to have this shit out He's going to have this baby grand piano fucking shoved into storage and then survey his new apartment and then go, well, shit, how the fuck am I going to get this in my apartment? Well, what you do? Oh, wait. Yeah, all you got to do is just like drop it from like four stories high and break it into a bunch of tiny pieces and then you just reassemble it on the inside, right? Why didn't he or do that? Or you break it and you claim the insurance money from it, which it seems like is what he did. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that is what he did. Well... This man needs no advice. <laughs> Fair. Interesting. Ponies for the win says, I worked for a moving company for two summers when I was in college. They hired about four girls to pack items before the movers came because sometimes the wives would get nervous about some big oafish men picking up grandma's china. We'd always go to the house a day before the movers came. One day we went to North Carolina to move a doctor's house. We were really excited because doctor's houses were always nice and clean and we'd get tips. The house was really nice on the outside, but when we got in, we found out they were hoarders. I got <sighs> stuck doing the upstairs bedrooms. The master closet had about 300 men's dress shirts, Whoa. half with tags still on. Ah. There were empty shopping bags and shoe boxes everywhere. The king-size bed wasn't usable because clothes were piled onto it. And the bathroom had a shower and a jacuzzi tub, but the tub was unusable because it was filled with prescriptions. Yikes! Full prescriptions. At least 500 prescription bottles. <gasps> I stole about 300 Vicodin and 150 <laughs> Percocets without it being noticed. Oh my god! At another house, we found sex tapes of the man's wife with other men. It was awkward because she was a nice lady who made us chicken salad sandwiches and milk and cookies for lunch. And then there was his house in New Jersey. End of post. Do you think that in the sex tape, she's also serving them, what was it? Chicken salad sandwiches with milk and cookies. Specifically those things. <laughs> That's her get it on meal. God. I just, a, a bathtub full of full pill bottles. Like. Where? And like <sighs> prescription pills that like included Vicodin and Percocets. Oh. How? Did this person raid a hospital or did they just have a prescription that they never wanted to? Well, he was a doctor. Oh. Because that's why they thought it was going to be a nice house because it was a doctor's house and it was nice on the outside. And then they got inside and they realized the doctor and his wife were hoarders. Where the fuck did this doctor get all these pills? Wrote the prescriptions themselves. Can doctors just write themselves a fucking bathtub's worth of pills? I don't know. I guess so. I guess. I, I this man did at least. My old doctor probably did, from what I've heard the stories about him. <laughs> Any other, uh... Man, there are so many threads for this. We should just make our podcast a Reddit thread podcast. Just read Reddit threads all day. Or do you think that'd be too close to the McElroy's thing? I don't know. Movers of Reddit. What is the weirdest, worst, most peculiar thing or experience you've seen or had in someone's home? Posted by Dumpster Fetus. You forgot that. Mm, what a great name. Well, a redacted user states, not a mover, a welder, but worked in lots of people's homes over the years. This one house had me thinking I was on drugs. Alas, I was not. Sad. This lady was a granola in Ojai. Went, went there to put a handrail on. 
walked into the house to be greeted by a wall of dolls. Just fucking dolls everywhere. Thought, well, that's weird, but whatever. Went into the next room, and this is where things went from weird to what the fuck. The entire room was full of animals in glass containers. Not stuffed, not mounted, just dead. What? The first one that caught my eye was a squirrel in a giant light bulb. It was slumped over a stick and left to rot. That's it. No attempt to embalm, no attempt to at any realism, just haphazardly shoved into a giant light bulb to rot. And there was more. Lots more. All local animals like she was going around picking up roadkill and shoving them into glass containers to watch as they decomposed. What? I was in that fucking room all day. All I could think was I'm gonna be in a big glass tube soon. That's how I'm gonna go. Not a car crash, not cancer. I'm gonna be with this nut job as an art piece. Perfect. Nut jobs. Hehe. <laughs> Squirrels. Thank you, Clayman. Yikes. Wow, that's that's absolutely terrifying. Um, ooh, ooh, hey, we got a post from Bernie Sander. All right, what is Bernie Sanders weird? Did this for a summer... Oh, sorry, should I do the... Uh, Can I do a Bernie Sanders impression? <laughs> I don't know. Editor's note, I can't, and I'm sorry. I did this for a summer a number of years ago, and there was a house in one... Uh, there was house... There was house... One, I need to get just, used to reading bad grammar. You just there was house one it. in particular that would always stand out. Family of four, normal looking people, two story single family home, no basement. Thought to myself, thank God, an easy gig today. No, 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 no. There I was very wrong. We walked in and lots of stuff is already in boxes. Thanks. And we're told to head to the kids room first. 12-year-old kid who likes rocks, really likes rocks, like obsessed with rocks. There are rocks everywhere in his home. Big ones, small ones, gravel, sandstone, bits of clay, seashells, bits of concrete, asphalts, and a pile of what looked like bone fragments. He's a rock collector, Mom says. No fucking kidding. There were so many rocks in the room that you could only see narrow paths between the door, the bed, and the closet, which, indeed, was full of rocks. His sister's room was fine and mostly packed besides the furniture and the boxes full of belongings. And the parents' room was similar, everything normal, somewhat neatly packed. So, we shoved the rocks in the wagons uh, to clear the room. The dad was upset that the shovels were going to stretch the carpet. Okay, dude. We loaded several hundred pounds of rocks into that truck on that day. Business as usual after that. Felt odd that the family didn't even uh, didn't even seem to be bothered by it. They gave us an extra hundred bucks, though, for our troubles. So many rocks! That's... <laughs> you know, maybe the family was just... Just so used to this... To this boy's rock obsession that they just didn't... E- didn't even phase them anymore. They were like, this is normal, right? Like... There are grown women that collect crystals, so my son can collect pieces of concrete and asphalt. That is a genius geologist in the making. Just wait, see one day. Bernie got a bunch of like dumbass rocks, man. Bernie Sander, whoever you are, you gotta you gotta find this kid again and see what his career is looking like. Well, it was only two years ago. He's probably still just collecting at this point. Kind of curious if I can get anything off of this. Page ten at Google. What what we got? I was just going to give you ones that are further out. 
Oh, giant movers, two stars. Giant movers, two stars. All right. Let's check it out. What we got here? <laughs> None of they don't have any words. And then just Damn go to it. the first page and click on one and sort them by worst part of the review. And it turns out people do their jobs well around here. That's a shame. Not or I said just look up Reddit stories for it. Ah, eh, this is all boring shit. I've given up on it. Oh yeah, I'm picking up. Okay. Uh, well, as I sit and wallow in my defeat, um, Aubrey's gonna go to the bathroom. So enjoy these ads. Hey, instead of an ad here, I just wanted to take the moment to thank you guys for bearing with us uh, these past two weeks. I mean, everybody takes breaks, but I mean, uh, we probably could have said something about it. I don't know. Regardless, I appreciate you guys still sticking around, and hopefully this new year brings lots of new, interesting ideas and really stupid topics. Also, if anybody knows where I could get a hold of a goblin, that would be tight, because ours disappeared in the move. Alright, uh, we are back. I, I had an interesting thought the other day, and it was something I hadn't thought about in a while. I was thinking about the movie The Wizard of Oz, the one with Judy Garland, you know, the, the classic. As a kid, I had uh, the movie on VHS, and I watched it so many times. Like, every time I would go to my grandmother's house, and my grandmother took care of me for, like, the first five years of my life, since my parents are teachers. Uh, I would watch it every day. Never get tired of that shit. But I haven't watched it in a long time, and I was thinking about it, because we all know Judy Garland had to endure some pretty awful, terrible things in her acting career. But, like, very specifically, we know that she was really abused during The Wizard of Oz, as an actor, at least. I would say as a human, as well. But I was like, I wonder if there's any other fucked up stuff that happened in that movie, because I know a couple of other things that have happened. Oh yeah, there's plenty of rumors about, like, certain things, for sure. Well, I have a definitive list of everything that is why we consider The Wizard of Oz to have been a cursed movie. A cursed movie, as in, like, the movie set was cursed. Yeah, okay. So, uh, to start out, many of the actors who played Munchkins were extremely unruly and inappropriate. The Munchkin actors' antics on The Wizard of Oz were frankly bizarre, and it is said that they engaged in gambling, excessively aggressive drunken behavior, and group adult activities at the Culver Hotel where they were staying. Supposedly, one munchkin actor even got stuck in a toilet bowl during a drunken lunch break and had to be rescued. The police were called <gasps> several times to the hotel in regards to the quote-unquote munchkins. Sounds like a bunch of Frank Reynolds running around on a movie set. The, there were also several um, of the munchkin men that uh, would grope her and sexually harass her. Um, as quoted by Judy Garland's husband, uh, he said, they'd made Judy's life miserable on set, putting their hands under her dress, and these men were 40 years old or more. They thought they could get away with anything because they were so small. Which Strange. It sucks because, like, I do feel bad for the actors who played the Munchkins because they all got paid less than the dog actor that played Toto. I mean, maybe that's why they were so unruly. Yeah. They, they knew they weren't getting paid jack shit, but they needed them because they needed people of that size right. to do the role. Uh, it's this. When was this filmed? In like the 50s? 
the 1930s. The 30s, yeah. Wow. Yeah, not surprising. 30s, 40s, yeah. Um, as a kid, when I saw that movie, I legitimately was in such disbelief that, that they could have gotten so many people of that height to all in one place for a movie because I was a kid who didn't understand anything. I legitimately thought they just took the movie screen, like what they filmed, and then just like cut out a part of it to make them look shorter. No. <laughs> no, they're real little people. No, it made absolutely no sense. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, um, wow. The most, you know, the, the most well-known of all of the things on this list is, of course, going to be how poorly Judy Garland was treated, not only by the so-called munchkins, but also by production and the people involved on that side of things. It was not uncommon for young female actors to be under a contract, which was going to get them systematically mistreated and overworked. Judy Garland was given adrenaline shots to keep her awake and barbiturates to help her sleep. And uh, this was many, many young actor females at this time were being treated like this. It wasn't just Judy Garland. God. Um, she was taking pills before The Wizard of Oz, though, because this was such a very common practice. Um, but when she got Wizard of Oz, she started using them more frequently and was also given diet pills to slim down. Yikes. Um, the studio executives often called her the fat little pig with pigtails. Oh my God. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, That's and terrible. Part of the reason they wanted her to lose weight was because they initially wanted Dorothy to be much, much younger. They wanted Shirley Temple, but due to not knowing if Shirley Temple could do the vocals that were needed for Dorothy. Fair. They went with Judy Garland because she had a stronger voice. Oh my God, though. But it seems like they really resented that they didn't get Shirley Temple, honestly, and took it out on her. That's insanely unfair. But I mean, I guess this is in a time that we still really didn't treat people like people, huh? Yeah. So, uh... We also, as a society, we didn't have as much knowledge as we do now on things like sleeping pills, dieting pills, and things like that. And how you can become addicted to them and, like, ruin your life with them and all that stuff. Yeah. She was also kept to a strict diet, which included cigarettes as well. <laughs> which is well known as an appetite suppressant. But it's Ugh. hilarious to think her diet included that. That's... Child. At this day, you know? Yeah. At her age, too. Yeah, I mean, being 17 years old, I think is how what old she was. fuck? Yeah, I believe she was 17. And they wanted her to look 12. Weird. <sighs> Moving on, uh, the Wicked Witch was burned on set twice. Like, fully immersed in fire burned. Oh. During a take of the scene in which the Wicked Witch escapes Munchkin Land in a plume of smoke pretty early on in the movie, the pyrotechnics were accidentally set off too early, and the trapdoor which she was to fall through malfunctioned, causing actress Margaret Hamilton and her broom, hat, and makeup to catch fire. Her face and hands were badly burned, and the medics had to use alcohol to remove the toxic makeup, which, is, which was also extremely painful. Oh my god, I bet. After Holy returning shit. to work, because obviously they had to take her to the hospital after that, when she returned to work, they asked her to film the surrender Dorothy scene, which is another smoke effects pyrotechnic thing. Oh my god. And, you know, she refused, so they sent her stunt double, Be Betty Danko, to take over, and Danko also suffered a similar injury during the scene and was hospitalized. 
You know, you'd think that, like, if shit like this didn't work and got people injured back in the day, that they would just not do it or try to find a different way. Yeah. the But Margaret Hamilton, the Wicked Witch, that wasn't the only thing she endured. In addition to being highly flammable, the witch's green makeup was also toxic. Margaret Hamilton accidentally swallowed some and was unable to eat for days. Her skin also stayed green several weeks due to the copper in the makeup. God, could you imagine walking around on your day-to-day basis and you look like you're the, you're actually the green giant? You actually look like the Wicked Witch of the West? Yeah. Well, I mean, the movie hadn't come out yet. No one knew who that was. This this is true. Speaking of toxic makeup, we also have to talk about the, the second man. most well-known, the Tin Man. Yeah, sorry. I I was in the play, so I, I heard so you about this know. one at least. Yeah, I played the Tin Man. So I think about it every time somebody does a Tin Man look, because I'm like, silver makeup, oh my god, it's gonna kill you. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, brother uh, Brother straight up died from the uh, all the paint that they put on him, right? Yeah, so... Buddy Ebsen was supposed to be the Tin Man, but yeah. an allergic reaction to aluminum powder in the silver-colored makeup forced him to be hop- hospitalized in an oxygen tent. Apparently, no one told the cast why Ebsen left the production. Due to the way studio contracts functioned at the time, Jack Haley was forced into the role, and the production team switched to an aluminum paste, but that caused an eye infection for the guy who was actually in the movie. Yikes. Um, and yes, I do believe that aluminum powder did eventually lead to Buddy Ebsen's death because it was so toxic and it was in there already. Yeah. Once it's on your skin, it's being put right in your bloodstream, basically. Yeah, pretty much. It's crazy. But, uh, you know, it, it wasn't all for nothing. Buddy Ebsen's voice can still be heard a few places in the soundtrack. Man, could you imagine dying for a movie that you didn't even get to be in? Yeah, I it would be really upsetting for me personally. People really did be throwing their lives away in the 30s, huh? Yeah. Um, I guess we do it now, too. And the guy who played the Scarecrow also said the mask that he had to wear put imprints in his face that lasted for about a year. Oh, God. He looked like his face was like mesh. <laughs> or just That's like terrifying. extra cloth. Oh. I hate that. That's cursed. Now, this isn't the only time actors were poisoned. Just about everybody was poisoned when the actors were sprinkled with toxic fake snow. And when they fall asleep in that poppy field, you know, they're magically awakened by the gentle falling snow. Well, that beautiful snowfall was created using asbestos! Asbestos! (laughs) Asbestos fibers were often used as fake snow from the 30s to the 50s both in people's homes as holiday decor and in films like The Wizard of Oz. It wasn't until years later that people discovered the dangers of asbestos far too late to help the actors who were obviously exposed. And dying. Yeah, I mean, it it didn't kill them, but obviously they had been exposed to it, so it probably did do a little damage. Oh, yeah. I I more assume at the process of dying, not actually... Yeah, that's terrible. Oh, wait, I, I, oh, we're to the Cowardly Lion. Uh, I, I think I know one of these, actually. If I'm correct, there, he caught on fire at one point because there was uh, a motor that would keep his, like, tail moving around. Like, there was a motor in the back of his suit that would make his tail whip around and make it look, like, lifelike. And at one point, it overheated and actually, like, caught his suit on fire. Because it was a fucking, like, a motor inside of a cloth costume. I actually don't have that on this list. Yeah, 
Editor Mason's doing some research too, and he can't find anything either. Uh, I'm just gonna assume that I came up with this. I fucking don't know. That's I learned that at the same time as a Tin Man one. Um, I'd be interested though to see. Although I doubt they would be able to put a motor in this costume due to the next statement. The Cowardly Lion actor Bert Lars' costume was very authentic. So authentic, in fact, it weighed about 90 pounds because it was made of real lion pelt. What? Yeah, and it produced a very offensive and unpleasant odor from having a sweaty human trapped in it all day. I bet. And Law remembers spending about three hours each day in the makeup chair, as did Scarecrow and Tin Man. In fact, the makeup for all the actors took so much time, all three actors were not allowed to take off their costumes or makeup. Their odd appearance while in costume also frightened people dining in uh, dining in the commissary, so they had to eat their lunch on set. Wow, they weren't even they weren't even allowed to eat food with the regular people because they looked freaky. Um, That's so fucking mean. Also, after a day of filming, the cowardly lion suit would be so moist from sweat and gross, nasty body smells that it took two stage assistants like three hours to get it dry every night. That's... Wouldn't you love to be that that person doing that job? I just want to say, whoever you are, God rest your soul. God rest you rest your soul in all the mountains of lion oh, yeah. sweat. Maybe maybe the thing I heard came from like a stage adaptation of it then, because yeah, it it sounds like they couldn't have uh, fit something like that inside of his suit, it, or at least it would have gotten so wet, like within the first hour of filming, it would have. Well, yeah, you think about it, like stage, especially like stage and set acting, like that shit's hot as fuck already when you're wearing normal ass clothes and all those lights. Plus. The studio lighting brought temperature on set to over 100 degrees. So yeah, what I was just saying. (laughs) Yeah. Technicolor became really popular in the 1930s and allowed colors to appear extremely vivid and highly saturated, but it also required very bright lighting for filming. The intense lighting setup caused temperatures in the studio to soar above 100 degrees and there were issues with carbon dioxide buildup. Production had to be stopped occasionally so the studio could be aired out. The Winkies and the Winged Monkeys had heavy costumes and really struggled in the heat, with some allegedly coming close to heat stroke. Wow, and they they were hardly in the movie. Yeah, but they've got to wear those big old thick outfits. I mean, yeah, I mean, I assume that like they would be fucking shooting like a hundred times before they actually got what they needed. We also have um, some animal cruelty on set, but it sounds of accidental. It really does. Um, a Winky accidentally trampled Toto and broke her paw. Toto was played by a female Karen Terrier named Terry. During filming, one of the Wicked Witch's winky guards accidentally stepped on Terry and broke her paw. Terry had to be replaced for the next four weeks of filming. Despite her injury, it was said that Toto received a higher paycheck than many of the Munchkin actors, of course, as I mentioned before. And then I've got, okay, I've got three more, and then that'll be all of the fun Fun facts that Fun. have... Well, these ones have, like, proof behind them. So it's, like, interesting to hear the ones that are factual rather than... I mean, you can find all kinds of theories on the internet about these. Yeah, yeah, all that bullshit. The original look for the Wicked Witch was sultry, but producers decided evil should translate to ugly. Uh, clearly, we learned our lesson once we put on the stage play Wicked. Uh, apparently so, yeah. 
Uh, Gail Sondergaard was cast first, but dropped out because she exclusively wanted to play beautiful roles. What privilege, Gail? What privilege? Right? Her replacement, Margaret Hamilton, was very good at being ugly scary. So good, in fact, that many of her scenes had to be cut for being too scary, and she wound up appearing in less than 20 minutes of the final film. Wow, fucking too good at your job. (laughs) Yeah, she reprised her role as the Wicked Witch of the West in a 1976 episode of Sesame Street, but was also considered too scary, even away from the Land of Oz. The episode aired once and was subsequently banned. This lady was ahead of her time. I feel so bad for her. I I feel like a kinship with her because I'm like, I like the Wicked Witch of the West, but yeah, as a kid, she scared the shit out of me. But as an adult, I'm like, that's the kind of actor I want to be. I want to be able to do ugly, scary, creepy, scary, you know. I want to have that kind of versatility rather than being like Miss... Gail Sondergaard up here who's like, I'll only play beautiful women. I'll only be in this film if it'll make me look hot. Which, I mean, that's, I feel like that's a little shitty. I mean, you're missing out. The the fun roles are not the hot ones, let me tell you what. Ah, well, I mean, I don't know. We don't know what Gail got into it for. Maybe she was there just to pick up the men's. I don't know. But good on Margaret Hamilton for um, giving them what they want at such a great personal cost. Such a large personal cost. Seriously. Could you? Oh, my God. Yeah, and she, she like, had all that toxic pain all over and all that shit, too. And, and got, got burned? burned? Oh, my God. And was green for weeks after filming? And only, would you say, more than half of her scenes were cut? Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like she had a much bigger part in the movie beforehand, but... They I mean, cut it due to being too scary. Knowing the books and where the Wizard of Oz comes from, it kind of just sounds like that was the source material and they should have, you know, e- expected that just like a little bit. Um, I don't know. This one to me was the wildest. In a scene where they're actually in the Emerald City, there is a carriage pulled by a bright red horse. Oh and yeah, it today, changes color. Today, we could do that with CGI, but it was 1939 when they filmed this movie, so they had to be a little more creative. Oh, no. And by creative, I mean smear jello all over the horse. Jello? Yeah, they cast a white horse in the role of Emerald City Chauffeur, which was, uh, of course, red, and sponged it down with gelatin powder in between shots. The horse apparently liked the flavor and would try to lick the powder off. (laughs) If you watch the scene closely, you can actually see the cart driver visibly trying to keep the colorful horse from licking itself. (laughs) Oh, fuck. I gotta go watch that now. That's funny. And like, in my mind, I was like, is that animal cruelty? Is Jell-O safe to put on a horse? So if there's any veterinarians or... Uh, PETA people that have some knowledge on that, please um, let me know, is coating a horse in jello animal abuse? Yes, our, our 10 listeners, if any of you know, please let us know. Or if you have an opinion on such a thing. And then here's our last one. One of the scenes was cut for fear of association with alcohol. Now, I'm aware of this scene because if you've ever seen the Wizard of Oz musical done on stage... The Jitterbug is usually included. And it's a pretty good song and a cute little dance they do in this creepy forest. When they filmed the movie in 39, they cut it because they didn't want the film to be associated with the popular Cab Calloway song, Call of the Jitterbug, which associated the Jitterbug with alcohol. 
Weirdly, in the final film, a line referring to the scene still exists. So if you've ever wondered what the witch was referring to when she mentioned sending insects after Dorothy, that's what it is. Wow. Small brain play cut the part. Big brain play. It's the fucking Wizard of Oz. That movie ended up being so... I mean, this is hindsight, but I mean, that movie ended up being so big. I mean, everybody knows everything from the Wizard of Oz. Do you think that fucking down the road anybody was going to remember what the fuck a jitterbug was? Well, the jitterbug, I always just think of the, the jitterbug. Well, that too, but I think that's newer. No, it's the beginning of Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. Yeah. Yeah. Wake me up before you go-go. Yeah, that one. Anyways. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, th- it, we had weird thoughts then, and also, when was Prohibition? I was in the 20s, right? Let me look. Yeah, in the 20s. So it was only about... Oh, and it ended in the 30s. But... It, it, we were still on that whole alcohol's a bad thing. Even after Prohibition, there was still a lot of religious influence on we shouldn't be drinking, we shouldn't be glamorizing, getting drunk and stuff. Whereas now we're not as concerned about that and we show all kinds of alcohol and drug use and everything because we realize... It's cool! No, I think we just realized that like to cut those things out and to purposefully exclude them is almost like a false storytelling and it can, I don't know, it, it can add something to the story. Yeah, and it's fucking awesome and then actors can fucking like drink beer on set and get like drunk and stuff. Isn't no, that cool? No, they can't. It's fucking awesome. You're drinking apple juice, not Tight beer. As shit. Apple juice and a cigarette. Ooh, great way to start my morning. It's an apple juice and a clove cigarette, okay? Okay, well, I don't know what those are. They see a tobacco-less cigarette. Weird. I don't know. There's all kinds of rules about eating and drinking on set and things like that. And I'm very interested in food props. Oh, I thought we were just going to end it there. Oh, okay. Um, do we ever do So thanks for joining us as we learned some horrific moving stories from people across the internet and took a deeper look into the darkness and cursedness of the movie set of 1939's Wizard of Oz. Where everyone was being treated poorly, except production. Probably. Yeah. It's great to get back in here. Uh, And hopefully next time, we'll be doing it with a guest. Come back and listen and find out. What are we talking about?